Hello and welcome to Sounds Heal Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Brown, and thank you so much for joining me as we continue to explore the fields of sound healing, sound therapy, and generally the use of sound for health and wellness. I am so excited to have Fran Bach with us for this episode. She is in Bhutan currently and actually the only uh, person to acquire a tourist visa since the pandemic. And she has brought the Western gongs to Bhutan and to the community, to the people there. And what a, an, ex, an inspiring and uh, of course challenging experience she's having there. So we learn about her own personal transformation that led her to the gongs, her own inner journey with the gongs, as well as really what her mission is currently in Bhutan. And thank you so much to the Ohm Shop and Spa for being the sponsor of this podcast. The Ohm Shop carries the country's largest showroom of crystal bowls, vibrational tools, and really has just a wide selection of sound healing instruments, uh, as well as trainings and sound journeys that you can experience there in their showroom in Sarasota, Florida, as well as their online shop at theomshop.com. So thank you so much to The Ohm Shop for their support and sponsorship of this podcast. Please enjoy this really inspiring um, and heartwarming conversation with Fran Bach. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Fran. It's great to have, have us connected from uh, the, the States all the way to Bataan. And why don't we paint a picture of, of who you are for those in the audience that don't know, just a little bit about yourself, your background, and perhaps uh, some of the highlights of your life before you got introduced to the world of the gong. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I'd like to welcome you and your audience to the land of the Thunder Dragon. Um, I was, I'm, 70 and a half years old and I was married for 30 years and lived in San Francisco to an elder who died when he was 98 and that relationship shaped me in a lot of ways. Um, I was privileged to live a very rarefied life. I had the opportunity to do a lot of internal exploring, exploration, um, had teachers, so I've always been on quote unquote, the spiritual path. Um, and I'm very thankful for the gifts that that 30 years offered me to heal from a traumatic childhood and adulthood with um, seizures and ADD, which continues to shape my life and challenge me and how it impacts the gong or not. Um, he died um, when I was 60. 65, 66, something like that. And I went to Bali, I went to India for two months after he died um, and then came back and went to Bali um, for six months, for, for Nepi. While I was there, um, I discovered I wanted to find another way of living and being in the world as a single woman who had no children who had no career um, other than householder. 
to you know to speak of. And six weeks after coming going to Bali, I went back for six months. I did not read Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> uh, it was my own Eat, Pray, Love experience. It was a time of discovering myself as a single woman, what it meant to be with others, not as, not as a spouse. It was a, my bookends, there were the, the Yoga Sutras and Leonard Cohen. They were my Bibles. Um, so it was a great time of grief and growth. And that's where I was introduced to the gongs at the pyramids of Chi, which were pyramids built to scale. And they had just started doing sound baths. Very totally new to, to Bali. I knew nothing about gongs. Ha had no interest in them. But I went to a sound session. And the first one, I must say, was rather traumatic as I was in a very highly charged emotional state and given an auditory processing neurological issue, um, it was too much for my system. However, I sat for two or three months in their cafe and someone then said, well, here, try. And they put a mallet in my hand and literally it was, as if I had taken a drug. You know, the, the mind and the brain opened up and it was like making love to the gong. And my ear doctor said afterwards, it was the gong is the white noise. However, it balanced my auditory processing system. Now, the beautiful thing is the sound of in the shower was deafening to me. And all of a sudden, this mallet is in my hand and my ears to the, this huge gong. So for me, the gong continues to be medicine, to be medicine for my nervous system, um, for my auditory system. And I find there's a very fine balance of, of taxing myself and being. And that's been one of the journeys I've had with the gong. So after I came back to um, San Francisco, I, just, I received a medical diagnosis that um, my health is fine now, but it was a decision that made me say, how did I want to live the rest of my life? And part of that was to live in a very calm environment. I got to Thailand because someone said to go to Thich Nhat Hanh's home village. Just happenstance. It was not, that was the only reason I went to Thailand. While in Thailand, someone said, oh, come to Vietnam and play the gong. And that is really how I ended up in Vietnam. All pure happenstance. And when I left San Francisco, I was adamant that I had to take my gong. And at that time I was not playing very much because I suffer from acute anxiety, performance anxiety, which is interesting because I'm such an exhibitionist, <laughs> but I struggled mightily with 
my relationship with the gong and my own self judgments and expectations, which obviously go back to childhood. So, um, but I, I persevered. <laughs> and while in uh, Vietnam, I literally, as I tell people, woke up one day and said, I'm taking my gongs to Bhutan. Now I have to say that I think there are a lot of factors when, when I look back, part of it is what was I going, what am I going to do as a single woman, no children? And I think I made the decision to accept the role of elder. What was I going to contribute as this wild, crazy, beautiful elder woman to give to the world? And I think this is also part of this journey and I also do feel part of my mission is, and this Bhutan trip is to have people say to people, live your wild, crazy dream. You know, it's not coming to Bhutan that's wild. It was waking up and saying, I'm taking at that point five gongs and I'm just going to ask my Bhutan tour company if they will try and make things happen. So that's how I got to Bhutan. Wow. So was um, is this your first time there or you've been there before? No, so I, I went um, post-COVID, that would be two, 2019. I spent three months traveling 18 out of 20 districts throughout, throughout Bhutan um, with two guys who, are, who st still are with me, Gembo and Tashi, and we played at monasteries, at festivals, and homestays, wherever I could play the gong and the singing bowl. And at that point, I have to confess, I was doing a lot of banging. <laughs> this was before my two wonderful teachers of, of Mike and um, Thomas and, and also Mitch. Um, but I went out there and I did it because it was something, it was like this hand of God but nothing could stop me. And I was going to return sooner. I left in February, then March COVID hit. And I made the commitment that I would come back. I would find a way economically to come back one more time to continue wanting to introduce the gong to Bhutan and integrate it with, with also Bhutanese uh, uh, instruments. And somehow my Bhutan worked with the government with a COVID task force. And I did three weeks quarantine and I, have, I am the first and only tourist in Bhutan. <laughs> so it was fate that, um, that I'm here. And Absolutely. That's, that's amazing that, that you're there and that you've been welcomed. And maybe uh, what about the reception the first time you were there? Obviously, you're, you're there again, but was it pretty clear to you right away why you had that kind of that vision, that spark that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this to Bhutan? What was it like in reality going there the first time? It was it was a dream. It was it was something that you, you cannot almost describe it. 
and describing what I was doing because it was not just the tourist trap. I went into homes. I got to see native, uh, traditional healers at work. I got to play the gong with traditional healers, um, play in monasteries that would not allow people. It, it was an, a, a, an experience where you meet women and they call you sister. A village adopted me. Um, wherever I went, I was met with love. And Bhutanese people don't talk about the noble truths. You know, no one corrects you, but the immersions of life's lessons are transmitted gently and by example. There's no, no one hits you over the head. And the Bhutanese people have taught me a lot about li really living in the moment and the experience and about no worries, La. If you give someone a bag of rice or a million dollars, it's the same. Thank you, La. These are some of the, the lessons that I've been given and very much it's karma. It'll work out. Um, I felt when I got back to Vietnam the first time, there was this tremendous transition because it was from the United States as a you know, Westerner, then Vietnam. And then I had this DNA of Bhutan. So it was quite the culture shock. But I say that Bhutan, I can never give back to Bhutan what Bhutan has given to me. And it is certainly a place of um, great beauty. They have all the problems that we have. They're in, in the middle of COVID and I've really listened to, to people's heartache and despair and they don't know when it will really open up. But there's also a great sense of solidarity and we will get through this. So Bhutan is, is you can't leave here not transformed. It really is, um, it's really, it, it's, I think it's the soul of the, of, of the planet. Right, and you're, you're bringing a lot of attention to it. I think that is that part of why you feel like you've been so uh, easily received even by the government is that um, you're bringing attention mm -hmm. to. Well, what's happened, what's interesting when I came here, I said, you know, the, the purpose was the gong, but I'm going to live in the mystery. That's the one thing I finally have gotten. Oh, we don't know what, what the karmic mission is. The reception I have received in Bhutan has been that of, if you will, a rock star, if they had, if they had um, celebrities. And it is humbling, it is a responsibility to know that people's hopes are right. That first of all, they thank you because my visit is giving people hope that yes, tourism will come back. And I'm a model for people and an inspiration. And that's very humbling. It feels like a lot of responsibility, 
but the government, you know, they photograph me getting off the plane. It is, and it's a country of 750,000 people. So everyone knows one another. It is a small country. So every event matters to people and they have to be very strict with who comes in because they cannot afford to have the pandemic. So yes, everybody knows me and it's pretty wild to, to hear I have all this wisdom or I'm this great gong player. I'm not, I, my heart, I'm not a musician and I lead by my heart, but I'm greeted as this world famous sound healer. Then I keep saying, I know some really good players. And I said, I said, every time I pick up the mallet, I'm a beginner. <laughs> and so it's, it's really, it's quite humbling. And I, yeah, as I say, a little girl from Buffalo, New York, who would have thought. <laughs> mm, that's so beautiful. Well, tell us about some of your experiences. I've been able to see, you know, some of the places you're doing work there just through Facebook photos. And tell us kind of where the gong's been taking you there this visit. Well, this visit has been a um, staying in Thimpu and, and doing a lot of networking, some beautiful experiences. Experiences and I can just highlight a couple. The other day, I played in a very small, um, I want to say rehab center. They're building it. So it's in a small, tiny, tiny little hut, if you will, with nine people I played. And it reminded me of being in the remote Eastern regions. And people, everyone I played for, no one has ever heard the Western gong. This, these are totally new sounds. The Koshi chimes are new to some people. The, the rain stick, the seven minute Bulgarian rain stick is, sends people over the moon because they just don't have it here. Although I am getting the opportunity to say to people, well, no, you don't have a rain stick, but here's a uh, here's soundscape right outside. You've got the river. And this, you have it here. You have got sound healing in Bhutan. They're just, I'm making you aware of it. But there was this young woman who was playing the Thunder Dragon, which is a uh, titanium gong that Martin Blase I had made with a picture of the Thunder um, Dragon, which is the flag symbol in Bhutan. And um, she was playing it, never having picked it up, and she not only let the sound rip in this little room with nine people squeezed in, but she put her ear to the gong, couldn't get enough of the sound and this ecstatic smile on her face. And then she looked at me and she said, these vibrations, this is going through my body. I have never heard a sound like this or felt this. Um, I spent time with three sets of kids, 20, 20, 75 kids total. And this one little boy is on the autism spectrum. And he listened to the sound, ran away and came back and kept coming back 
and could distinguish the sounds. And the next day, and then I had given him the rain stick earlier because I wanted to calm him down. The next day, he was able to discuss the gong, but also somehow correlate the sounds with a rain stick and the gong and put a sentence together, which his mother said he had never done. This was a powerful effect that, um, and I could watch how his body, he could get into his body as he kept, couldn't get enough of the gong and kept having to hear it. So this is in Bhutan, you know, same problems and they don't have the services. Um, I get lots of people say they feel that they have gone on pujas or are walking in the mountains. So you get a lot of the same experiences that it's universal, universally people say, I feel relaxed. I feel so light and happy. So the things I, so I'm getting all of the same same, and yet the difference is a certain aha, oh my gosh, and how people's ears will, will perk up or, or just very different than what I've experienced in the West. This, oh, the magic, the veil has lifted. And, um, you know, I've had people who don't have, who found it scary. Um, and I come to say to people, these are new sounds. If they don't resonate with you, then I'm asking you to leave because this is about taking care of yourself. And I'm finding that people are listening. Um, I played for hearing visually impaired people. I've done a three hour session, like quote unquote training and some others, and they were wonderful to, to play with. Again, how they heard it differently. And then I've also made it very experiential. Here's the gong, here's the mallet, play. And the experience of having people who are visually impaired play and how I approach them. And I had a translator and their reactions um, were slightly different sometimes. Um, but I have made people playing the gong and all the other instruments part of my giving a session because it, the idea is to introduce these sounds and also it's been in my journey not to think of the gong only as a sacred instrument <laughs> that I did before it is territorial and I don't feel that way now it's it's like this is to share and I also have to say I've had some monks come and play. And that's been really wonderful because the gong in, in monasteries and temples, it's, it is nothing but sacred. So I'm getting this across the board uh, um, response. And also because these are Western gongs. And I've had some Bhutanese musicians play with me um, on their instruments and they dovetail beautifully, some of them, and also chanting beautiful Bhutanese chants or folk songs. So I'm 
learning a lot and it's transforming my relationship with the gong. That's wonderful that you can bring it to so many different uh, communities and, and aspects of, of, of things there. You know, when you first arrived, so this is a three month visit, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. What was your, your kind of mission for this visit? And I, I'm assuming you're kind of, you must be near the end of three months, is that right? Yes, my mission when I left and then the purpose of coming back was to continue to introduce the Western gong and sound healing, um, sound healing modality to the Bhutanese people. I didn't quite know what I was getting into because I knew I wanted to stay. I knew I wanted to try and get, see if someone would sponsor me. It's all very difficult in Bhutan. It, it's very, very challenging, but that was my goal. Now at the time, I didn't quite know what it meant was to really educate. <laughs> I got as far as introducing and going into communities. So um, that has been what I've been here for is to in Thimpu for two months to begin to network with people with some associations and organizations. And um, the tourist council had taken a very active interest in me because they're interested in Bhutan as a wellness destination. Um, but they're quite busy with a lot of other things. So, um, and they could not sponsor me. So it's been a lot of challenges. Um, a lot of the challenge I've come up against as a Westerner and maybe self-isolating a little bit more because I felt as a, as a first tourist, there were people worried about COVID. So, and coming up against the Western stuff and my expectations. So there have been personal growth challenges, moments of despair, but I'm happy to say to you tonight that um, this um, Bhutan, the, the research center, the Bhutan Music Research Center, whom I met with when I first got here. Today, we went up to, we hiked this beautiful, um, quiet hike. Um, Sonam is his name, and he had a dream to build a um, temple to the goddess of music. And he found a cave and he has built inside the small little cave, um, there's the image of statue of the goddess of music. And we went up there today with a thunder dragon gong and uh, three other gongs and other instruments and lit butter lamps inside this cave and made offerings. And he said to me, and he had mentioned it last time, he said, I want to work with you and I can get you a three-year visa. I can get you a work permit. And he seems very serious. And um, so he's an important figure within music communities here and he had a school and he has the center. So, you know, there's no money for musicians in Bhutan, but he has this museum with all these rare instruments. So he has offered um, wants to wants to collaborate, wants to bring 
gongs to communities and all the things I want is schools, communities, educate people, train people in gongs. So that's kind of the good news that I feel is very positive. He's very serious. And um, then um, this has been after this drought and this despair. And it's very daunting because I'm not a teacher. This is the challenge. It's like, what, what now? How do, how do I, how do I, I can teach people how to play the gong because you know, the gong is forgiving, but it's a lot more. So I'm going to reach out to gong community because they've been so supportive so far in my journey. And then a private resort that I played at today said, well, we don't have this here. We would like to reach out to you when tourism starts is very, you know, and get you a work permit. So it's, <laughs> there's been all of this having to wait and be patient. And that has been, so this is the, the goddess of music seemed to have been listening today. And so we'll see. Wow, congratulations, because I know you were kind of wondering, is this, are these three months just kind of a, a journey that stands on its own, or is it going to be something that well, continues on? And it sounds like it I, will continue on. Tomorrow we go for the, for the next, until about the 19th or 20th, I'll be traveling. I'll be going back doing what I love, which is hitting the road, playing at homestays, we're going to go to more monasteries and open spaces and playing for people again who've never heard this. And this is what I love doing. It's very hard. It's a lot of driving um, here in Bhutan and mountain roads. Um, and then I'll come back and we'll have meetings. I do have to leave. You um, have to leave regardless in three months. And so I would think that we were thinking two or three months after, which is really, really good because it is a hard trip. It, it's psychologically um, a lot of adjustments that you know I've got to take back and marinate with, but it will also give me the opportunity to um, reach out to Gong community, um, my mission to bring Gongs to Bhutan and, um, I'm working with a, a Duanan Foundation who's, you know, um, is willing to help me. So my next task is really to um, get the ducks in order and Bhutan will work on there and, and, you know, keep bringing this with gongs and maybe staffing and um, get the gong community involved. And, you know, we have hopes of bringing a gong teacher here, you know, <laughs> to, to Bhutan. And why not? You know, Bhutan is the healing, you know, place of the center of the universe. So that's kind of a long term. How can we bring gongsters here? How can we bring gongs? How can, you know, so that's the, that's this part of the journey. And it's um, going to be a lot of challenges, um, exciting, a lot of opportunities for growth. and. Um, I just want to say this is um, the Gong community. I've had so many people from around the world message me or Facebook offering emotional support that I've been an inspiration 
but gong people, sound healers, that's also carried me through my journey in these moments where I've said, it's very daunting. And that's, you know, I want to acknowledge all the gong community. It's a beautiful community. I, I remember um, during the gong summit, was that a month or two ago, um, during, during your talk, how people were, were volunteering and, and offering and, and uh, yeah. reaching out to you uh, based, on, based on your story and your, your presentation of the Gong Summit. So uh, yeah, everybody's rallying behind you and, and quite inspired by you. Yeah. It's, I've had, it's so interesting. I'm not a, um, my ADD makes executive functioning very difficult. Um, and I've had people reach out, one person in particular saying, I can help you with crowdsourcing. What can I do to help you? These are your challenges, you know. Um, and a, a major gongster person here in Asia reached out to me immediately after the gong summit and said, we are on board. And I haven't, I've reached out to people behind, but I've waited until I could say to someone, okay, now I can guarantee you they want me here. We can move forward so that there's, I have lots of integrity. And um, yeah, it's quite an, a humbling experience to feel, to make a difference in this way. It's very much um, overwhelming in some ways. And there's so many I, different directions that it could go from here, aren't there? It's almost limitless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're overwhelming me. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I can imagine it because it's, um, I'm pretty clear. Today at lunch, when I was speaking with Sonam, the one thing I said to him, I've always been very clear about my mission. I'm a gongster, I'm not a scientist. I'm not quote unquote, an educator. This is what I do. And what I ultimately feel my mission in Bhutan is they don't, as I say, they don't need a lot of gongsters. These people, you know, it's in their blood. There's awareness, a little technique, you know, bring it in out, out of the, the, the monast monastery. I feel I'm here to plant seeds and this is my birthing and this is a legacy of planting some very solid seeds and foundation, getting gongs in people's hands and people like Sonam who already has these, these strong visions. And that's my mission is, 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 and even if, even if something happens, I cannot come back to Bhutan. We don't know, we just don't know with COVID. I will feel that I've not only made a difference in people's lives, that whether it took one year, five years, 10 years, Western gong sound healing modality is here. And I can live very comfortably with that, that this is birthed. And, and what a gift, what a gift. I mean, pe people everywhere uh, need the relief, the relaxation uh, from suffering and it's just such a beautiful gift.
let's bring it back just, uh, you know, to your own inner journey. I mean, we've both said that the gong is a mirror. So maybe now, just as a reflection of where you're at, everywhere that the gong has, has taken you, um, how do you feel that in this moment, it's, it's transforming you still? I think the starting point, and I do have to reference Mike Tamburo um, and then Thomas when I was doing some things with him, where they actually held my hand, quote unquote, where I could actually pick up the mallet and play. So my, it's really been back to a beginners of getting acquainted with this instrument. And the gong now is, I really, my relationship has changed with it very recently. It, it feels like the, the fruition of it and the recognition in a very deeper level of how it is mirroring my inner journey. There's just something much more profound or maybe my acceptance in a different level. Um, you know, I've always been aware when I'm anxiety ridden, I play too fast or I play too loud or whatever. But there's something that's been happening these past few weeks is this showing up if let's say I'm anxiety or anxious or even happy. It's almost like magnified. There's, it's like maybe the gong is becoming more one of, with me in a, in a, in a, in a, a very deeper way. Um, it's, a, it's a progress of my own growth and of my own challenges. Sometimes the gong um, has been my enemy here, but obviously I'm my own enemy. But today's like when I was at um, playing with the goddess and the thunder dragon, I must be making, making progress because I'll say to people when I put a mallet in their hand, I said, it, it won't bite you, it's your friend. It's got a message for you. That's very new for me in feeling that on this very deep level. And I think this has been out of my, some of my own challenges coming up against my Western self and my own um, here in Bhutan. And, um, and I said, I'm, I'm alone. So, you know, you, I do these beautiful things and then I come back and it's, it's the adrenaline. But I think it is, is the gong now is when I listen to the Thunder Dragon what is this? What is it saying to me? What is this message? And that even is with the old wiser. So my hearing is different. The more I've gotten out of my way and the more I watch Bhutanese play because they bring a mindfulness to it. They bring their meditation self to it. And I see how that affects me. Uh, just mindful awareness. Um, so those may be the spiritual lessons um, of, of the gong. I, and it's also funny to, to see, as you know, as a gong player and sure the gongsters out, out there is, um, oh, what gong is talking to me for at this time? But I'm also, um, looking at my attachment to gongs and, and what are my needs 
And that's kind of new in the sense of, okay, how many gongs do you need? What is, what is, what is going to be happening to you? So these are all, I think they're also just in my life as I'm shedding things. But um, in that um, today, and I, I do wanna share this with you because I think this is where um, Sanjay Hall was only the custodians of the gong. When I was in this, um, you know, this um, cave, I have a, a, a Sonora Grotto gong and um, it was in honor of a grandmother, someone who died. And I said to Sonam, I said, I want the cave to have this gong. And it was just, it belonged there. And it was, it was this, and this is kind of this thing of having to let it go because it belongs here, wherever I go. So those are the things that gongs are taking on these journeys of letting go. Um, I think I'm in the middle of this gong journey in ways that I'm not sure how it will transform me or how it is transforming me because it is set against this backdrop in this country of so many gifts and so much uh, recognition. Um, but it's also, I'm having to really look at my shortcomings and maybe where I'm lazy in the gong. And, you know, it's, you have to look at all of it. And so it's, it's, you know, how do I have to really step up to the plate now if there are people relying on me? So I'm coming up against yeah, Franz Bach's shadow side that, you know, and so it's, there's some steep curves here that, you know, I have no shame giving to saying to your audience because isn't this what it's all about for all of us in, in, in the gong, gong world or the spirit world is it's always a journey leaving home and coming home to ourselves. So I'm in the middle of this um, cultural uh, shell shock of coming up against against myself in beautiful ways. And, um, but the gong has stayed with me, no matter how much I've deserted the gong, and I have, it, it's, as you know, we all know the gongs are forgiving. <laughs> yes, the gong has been quite the vehicle for your transformation and really a reflection of your own energy, uh, but it seems like most importantly, it's been your teacher, the gong. Yes, yeah. and I, I thank you for saying that because I do feel the gong is our most loving teacher and the one that I've put the harshest, you know, on. But yes, the gong has been my teacher and um, I, Someone said, are you in love with the gong? I said, I don't know. When I was introduced to it, this is what's happened. It's just part of what I do. I, I can't tell you anything more. You know, people sometimes want these big explanations. How, why, 
I can't give it. It just is. And I, you're smiling, so I think you can appreciate that. Yeah, it speaks for itself. And almost yeah. at the same time, words aren't necessary. It's it's beyond words. It's just you're right. It just is. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I. I. I can't explain it. And quite honestly, I don't want to. <laughs> and that throws people. You know, I it just stands on its own. You know, it's funny. We, we keep looking for the answers of life. And they're so simple in some ways. Maybe the gong is the answer. You know, it is. It just is. And that's right. It just takes people experiencing it. To, to understand that, I think. Yeah, it's, um, I have to tell you, as I'm sitting here thinking, I wish everyone could, could come to Bhutan and experience this because, and we do, I mean, we are, these gongs are interesting people all over the world to the gong, um, but in this setting against the mountains and in these, some of these homes with the wood, you know, dirt floors and, betel nut teeth women red teeth and and kids and it's just this whole other realm that um in this this brigadoon and i know all over the world people are are experiencing you know first time people hearing the gong um but i'll carry all the gongsters with me here in bhutan and we all are connected um so um, you're all with me. So. Well, we're, we're all inspired and, and living vicariously through your adventures. So what's your plan for your last uh, few weeks there before you head back? Well, we will be on the road, as I said, as of tomorrow. Um, I know Gembo has, um, I know there's one very sacred place by the river we'll be playing and some monasteries. And in a school, a government school, which I'm really thrilled about because that gets very difficult. Um, and I don't know how we did it, so that's great. And then when I come back, it'll be for nine days or so, I'm going to go up to hike up to Tiger's Nest, which I didn't do last time, the famous Tiger's Nest. And we're taking some of the gongs and I'm going to do a photo shoot, which I think is going to be so iconic. And um, I'm so I'm training for Tiger's Nest, and then I'll be having meetings just to continue the discussions that I was just telling you about. And then I'm going to Thailand and house there because I, Vietnam's not open and, and visas are difficult um, when they do open. So I'll spend, um, I'll wait in Vietnam. And in the meantime, hopefully when I leave here, will have enough information that I can then begin to reach out to the gong community and say, can you help me direct develop a curriculum, please? I need your support. So, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to, it can be an exciting time of figuring out how to develop a program. I, none of this, all of this is new to me. Um, how, you know, how, how do we educate? How, how, how do we pull this together? So that's that's one of my tasks is to 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 get the um, 
these, these business components together. Well, yes, you know that many of us in the community will be um, looking forward to, to seeing if there's ways that we can help in any way. And I'm sure you'll be hearing from, from people in the, the podcast audience as well. So when your, your call for, for more help uh, goes out, uh, we'll, we'll be ready. Yeah. Well, I want you, first of all, to thank you for taking the time to um, interview and spend with me. And um, a thank you, a big thank you to the um, Gong community who, who support I, I do feel and that it means a lot to me. So um, I really thank you very, very much for um, finishing my day. It has already been beautiful, but um, to um, giving me, Bhutan gives me perfect gifts. And I'd like to thank you for giving me this perfect offering this evening. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, what an amazing day you've had. And, and thank you so much for sharing um, such an awe-inspiring journey that you're on, continuous. And I can't wait to see what happens next for you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sounds Heal Podcast, sponsored by the Ohm Shop and Spa. And keep up to date with what's coming up next at soundshealstudio.com. Check things out on Facebook at Sounds Heal Studio. And you can listen to all previous podcasts as well as music meditations on the YouTube channel at Sounds Heal Studio. Be well and stay tuned. <laughs>